Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. It's emergency time, folks. It's emergency time. It's emergency time. Welcome to, I guess, early morning <laughs> Reds Talk Live. Happy NCAA March Madness Day. Yeah, hopefully uh, the NCAA tournament bets go better than my first four bets. Uh, that was rough. Yeah. Nick Kirby came on here and told me he bet against my beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and it bit him in the patootie. But you know what, Nick? Our good friends at Bet Online are getting you ready for the NCAA tournament, and we've got a lot of excellent odds here. And you talked about Memphis earlier in the week. You still feeling pretty good about the Tigers? I don't know why anyone would want to take my advice, but uh, yeah, sure. Let's let's go Tigers. Uh, I will tell you one quick play that I like is if you go and you bet uh, on a particular region, I like taking Villanova and Tennessee. Par- like Tennessee parlay them both lot. together. I don't think Arizona's going to win that region. You'll get some good odds in there. That's my big bet. Yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot, actually. I'm a big Tennessee guy. I thought that should have been a two. Um, but, hey, if you are looking to do make a little cash during the NCAA tournament, go over to betonline.ag and use our excellent promo code of BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for a nice 50% welcome bonus. That way, things can go a lot better than betting on the first four, like Nick Kirby did. Tough scene. Yeah, tough scene. But this is an emergency show. We are here to discuss yet some more moves. No, Clay, Carlos was not sent to the Mariners. That was you. (laughs) Accurate. Hi, Max. So, (laughs) so in like the span of like 15 minutes today, I have my phone down and I text you. And uh, Xavier has a new head basketball coach and Amir Garrett's traded. So we're going to get to that because it was just an insane like five to ten minutes of like what is going on in my in my house. Um, but let's kind of get to some some cool stuff at first, I guess. Is there such thing? I don't know if Reds fans want to hear like things are good right now. Um, so today the Reds announced that they make a move to bring in Donovan Solano. Uh, you and I talked about this a little bit off the air. Um, actually a pretty darn good ball player, uh, really hits left-handed pitching. Well, um, has a really solid OBP throughout his career. Uh, especially the last few years when he was playing for the giants, um, you know, 
like him a lot. Uh, plays plays some good defense. I think this is a pretty decent move for the Reds as far as like I know everyone wants to shit out everything going on right now, but I I like this pickup. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that for three consecutive years has been a substantially above average hitter against left-handed pitching, and that's the one area that the Reds needed to improve on. So, um, I mean, it, I know everyone's down on the team overall, doesn't think this team has a chance to compete. I don't know. You know, I might I might try to talk you into it. You know, I'm a little crazy. Uh I don't think they're as far off as maybe we think. I think, you know, I don't know if they'll make a couple more moves. I, I hope they do, but I think you could make a couple more moves. And I think when we get a little later here, however late we decide to do this, <laughs> and kind of go through like the projected lineups might not be as terrible as I think a lot of people think right now. Yeah, I think that's what I kind of took away from. Uh, yes, obviously, we're not trying to act like it's going to be as good. Uh, losing Jesse Winker, Nick Castellanos sucks. We're well aware of this, uh, but when you look at what the offense can be, uh, especially with the designated hitter, like we've kind of talked about this, like I think it's a little better than people want to admit right now. I know if Carlos was here, he'd be throwing things, virtually throwing things at me, but um, I really don't think the offense sucks all that much, truthfully. And I think I know people may want us to come on here and be like, this is terrible and boo and this and that, but I actually kind of like how the lineup looks for a little for a decent amount of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next move, I'll let you introduce this one, Mr. Tim. Me, Mr. Tim. I like that. All right. So yes, today the Reds announced they moved Amir Garrett for Mike Miner. And I was cracking up at this. Not necessarily that the trade happened, um, but how everyone just is like, okay, I'm gonna take a step back. I shouldn't say everyone. But how there's big conversation of like we really need to move on from your Garrett. I mean, he was you know he was you know pushing so bad, and then the Reds trade him, and it's like ah, just typical Reds keeping everything going. And it's like I don't think that's you can't have one or the other. Um, Mike Miner's an innings eater. You know, I've liked him quite a bit. I've had him in a few seasons in Dynasty Ball. I know he didn't have his best season last year in Kansas City, but I don't necessarily hate this move um, for the Reds by any means. I mean, we're talking about a guy the Reds were literally hiding in the bullpen. He would go like nine, 10 days without pitching because they just didn't trust them. So I think it's actually, you know, we want to talk about all these trades they've made this week. I think this is a good upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know if I'd make a big deal about this this trade one way or the other. I don't think it's, you know, something you can say, oh, well, that's a great trade. I don't know why anyone can say this is a bad trade. You know, it's not really meant to be much at all. I don't think it's kind of, you know, just, just having two guys fill two spots for two different teams. Uh, I hate seeing Garrett kind of leave on a sour note with the Reds uh, because I, I really liked the guy. He was a fun pitcher. Um, I knew his antics might have, you know, worn some people down at at times. Um, um, but, you know, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, it stinks. It stinks. I was hoping he could have a, a resurgent year. But in reality, same with Gino. The chances of him having like a full resurgence probably slim if we're being you know realistic um Mike Miner um you know the one interesting thing is I I actually just saw this before I, I hadn't seen it before I don't know if Derek Johnson was his pitching coach at Vanderbilt but Derek Johnson was at Vanderbilt while Mike Miner was there so that makes me that like was like oh you know flashing light bulbs yeah um if Derek jo- likes to work for the Reds from time to time yeah you know so I think there might be something you know, with that, 
Mike Miner could be a guy that eats some innings early in the year. If the Reds are out of it, like 99.9% of Reds fans right now think, you could flip him at the deadline and you're going to have these younger pitchers to fill in and, and it could work out really well. So um, I, this is kind of interesting. Our guy, Eno Saris, uh, actually has minor ranked, uh, I'm not doing math at this hour, but like 60, 70 spots higher than um, Wade Miley in his rankings. Now, uh, the Zips projections have uh, Miley slightly better. So I know there's a big a big conversation about... Um, you know, why would you uh, let Wade Miley go um, and uh, get this trade when I think it was about $2 million difference between the two? Yeah. I mean, Miner might have more upside. You know, I know that that sounds crazy after Wade Miley's coming off this great year, but is Wade Miley going to be able to repeat that? I really don't know if Wade Miley is going to repeat that in 2022. He is a fascinating player. I'm interested to see what he does. I could see him having a great year, and I could see him having a, a terrible year. I, I really honestly could see both. So I hope the Reds have done their their homework on that, and they you know feel very confident in that decision. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I, go Mike Miner. Yeah, I'll be pulling for Mike Miner. I had him in fancy ball those couple of years. He was pitching for the Rangers, I think it was, where he was pitching pretty well. So I, I was, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with it. Before we kind of move on, I saw Bryce put it in the chat as I was also getting the push notification. It is official. Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers, six years, 162 mil, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. How we liked what the Braves did getting Matt Olson because we liked Olson a little more than where Freeman was at this point in his career. Um, and I totally understand the Dodgers doing this, but I guess this moves Max, Max Muncy to third, or they kind of, you know, with, with the DH, maybe they'll kind of switch that off. But do you kind of feel like this might be a slight, I shouldn't say this because he just came off world series and maybe I'm just kind of crazy at the moment because it's very late at night, but I almost feel like the, this is, this is a pretty risky free uh, acquisition for the Dodgers. I mean, risky for the Dodgers is what, you know, like right. half the risk for most of the other teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I'm not going to feel sorry for them if it doesn't work out. Like, they'll they'll be able not to figure it out. They'll, you know, how many bad players have the Dodgers and Yankees signed? And, you know, it, it is what it is, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, is that less than Olsen's extension? Bryce, where are you at there? Is it? Yep. Yeah, I Bryce. I, I need you to I need you to tell me here this Bryce, but <laughs> I mean it's, it's definitely it's like similar at least, right? So I mean it's pretty similar, yeah. I mean it wasn't a money thing. This was the Braves pretty much basically choosing Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman. The Braves did not yeah. believe in Freddie Freeman long term, so that'll be a fascinating uh, player to watch. Um, I could totally see Freddie Freeman like having like two incredible years and just the Braves getting hammered over and over again. Yeah. And then it starts to flip, you know, year three, year four, year five, he's getting, you know, up into the, uh, his later ages. And, and not everyone ages like Joey Votto. Uh, Joey Votto is a unicorn. Players yeah. are not supposed to hit that well in their age 37, 38 season. Uh, that is not normal. It's like Joey Votto, David Ortiz, and a handful of other guys. It's not, not normal. So, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Max did say so. Olsen's is eight eight years for one hundred sixty eight million. So, so pretty similar, literally almost identical. That's wild. That's 
Hey, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. That'll be, fun. A, that'll be a fun, fun, fascinating debate to watch for years. And I, mean, I think there's valid points on both sides. I don't think that's one of those like, you know, this is right and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'll say it. I don't really care. The loyalty thing. I mean, these guys are signing a lot of, it's a lot of money in this, you know, loyalty is, is whatever. I mean, you know, like you got to do yeah. what's best for your team. Um, especially when you're talking yeah, yeah. that much money, we're not talking about, you know, keeping a guy for an extra two years or, you know, bringing Brack Bronson a row to let him retire as a red. This is a much different, you know, situation oh, than that. I guess Mike Miner and the, and the brain of Williamson move, that probably counts out the chance of Johnny Cueto coming, right? It was reported after it that, that, that the Reds were interested in him. I don't oh. know. I, I got an interesting theory. I wonder if the Reds, because they have like 17,000 starting pitchers right now. Right. Wonder if the Reds are going to kind of similarly adopt like some of the raise strategy where they've had some some guys bounce back and forth between starting and relieving. Um, Carlos I don't know. Fuming as you're saying this, as he's and not. You know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not saying it's a right or wrong or in between. Uh, typically, if the Raves have done it, they've probably done it right. <laughs> it's, it's usually you know what's happened. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of kind of interested in in that or. Or, you know, do the I'm interested, do the Reds, like, just view Vladimir Gutierrez not like the rest of us do and say, we think he's a reliever, and, like, he's just going to all of a sudden be a reliever? I don't know. Uh, or we're going to make him a reliever for a year and maybe try him back as a starter next year. You know, I think there could be maybe some of that at play. That, that'll that be kind of the interesting thing I'm watching uh, in spring training when we get going is, is who gets slotted where and yeah. uh, who goes to AAA, who stays, who goes to the bullpen. Uh, there's a lot of very difficult, but I guess kind of fun decisions. Yeah, where's my guy Raver San Martin going to be? I mean, you know that's my dude, so I got to keep an eye out to see where he's going to be, obviously. Um, seems like people are pretty high on him throughout the franchise, so I'm coping that he gets a chance to succeed, whether that's as a you know, reliever stretched out in Louisville. Who knows? Um, there's a lot to kind of go into that. Um, so we did get some comments from Nick crawl the last let's, few days. Let's just we, jump. Let's jump into the Nick crawl conversation. We got a clip yeah. we'll play about that. And then we'll kind of get to the questions. And I think we might answer some of it while we're having this discussion here. Uh, sure. and that's pretty much it. We'll, we'll answer whatever questions are there. It's awesome. 12, 19. I guess this is our peak time here, Tim. Because our chat I guess is lit so. up. Our peak time is late at night. And when the Reds do something really bad or people hate it, that's well. Our our, our show name is Late Night Reds Reds Talk. That is yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. The people are here for it. What dumb right. idiot thought of that name? Uh, let's play the video first, then we'll get to the comments. <laughs> we we talked about uh, we made some moves to get to budget. We got to budget. We wanted to make sure that we're giving this team every opportunity to uh, fight for a playoff spot in 2022 and. This move was a move to be able to do that, and you know it's it's extremely important for us to, you know, continue to add to this team if we can. Field a playoff team in twenty twenty two, huh? What? Why the hell would he say playoffs? Like, why yeah. do you even put that he out? Said there? Anything else? Competitive? You say competitive? People are still annoyed, but it's just like, oh, okay, whatever, Nick. Playoffs? I'm gonna gym more of this right now. Like, read the room, man. Read the room. Yeah. No uh. one. No one believes you. Like, no one. Um, and so, 
Yeah, this goes back to our conversation we had the other day where he just a thousand percent needs like a PR person around him that's like if he gets asked a question and they're like, no, 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 don't answer that, don't answer that. Just just, just walk away. Like, <laughs> next question. Next question is acceptable. Believe me. Just it's read acceptable. From, read from an index card. I, I don't I don't care. Yeah. Like cue cards in the back that are like, we're going to be competitive. We're going to look to improve our team. Any of that. Playoffs. No, don't say it. Yeah, I, I, I overall think I like Nick Crawl. I'm not like gonna definitively say. I th- I think I like him. I think I like a lot of his plan. Um, I think he's a smart guy. But my goodness, man, like just stop talking. Like you make it worse every single time. Um. Read the comments, Tim, and then give your thoughts, and then I'll I'll get into mine because I'll probably be long winded as normal. <laughs> I, I like sorry, I like that it makes it fun. Uh, so yeah, so you see from Charlie G saying that uh, Nick Crawl says the Mariners deal got the Reds under budget that allowed them to explore a move like Mike Miner saying he's a quality starter. We kind of touched on that at the beginning to start of the show, and then saying later on that they're still adding to the roster and they will not be trading Luis Castillo or Tyler Miley. Um, so. I will say I kind of honestly do believe them as far as Castillo and Molly and keeping them in, and keeping them on the roster. Um, I know it's really difficult to say, and we hear the see this stuff all the time. Yes. Crazy Carl 30, who is not one of our co-hosts who's not here this week. He's typing really well for this, this hour. I'm yeah, impressed. I I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, it's not midnight in Texas. That's true. That's yeah. It's a great point. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of suspect that they're going to plan on building their rotation around those two. Um, I don't really kind of suspect that that's kind of kind of really be the things that they kind of work with on that situation. Um, and hey, you know, like Crazy Carl said, you bring in Cueto to put with those guys. I like it. So I'll start with what I think is going on with with Castillo and Malley. Okay, so no, nah, no, nah, I better not start there. Let's start with overall kind of what I think is going on. This is my 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 read of this, and I could be off. I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah. Reds, it's obvious by this comment, and this is great. This is the first time I've actually heard like the, a budget and some sort of quantitative number ish in ballpark associated with it. So the Reds clearly had to get payroll down below 100 million because they're like at 80 something million now i who knows how much more they have but they, they clearly nick crawl was told to get it down below 100 million scream how much you hate bob castellini do whatever you need to do that's fine i i don't blame anyone on that okay but let's move past that can we have a conversation about like the real world past that is that okay i know like it, there's there's two different things here Crucify Bob Castellini if you want. Now let's talk about the real world and what what Nick Crawl could do. I don't know if I hate the plan if that's the circumstances. Um, so what other moves could the Reds have done to get below $100 million that doesn't jeopardize their future? I mean, sure, they could have, you know, salary dumped Mike Moustakis and thrown a bunch of prospects to it. Would that have been good for the Reds long term? No, that would have been awful. So... I think that the the in in Nick Crawl's thinking, there's four players that have substantial have value, pretty good value, that their contracts expire in the next two years. Okay, 
Castillo, Malley, Gray, and Winker. Which of those four, Tim? I'm sorry to like teach, be a teacher here or whatever I'm doing. I was <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. Wh- which of those four are the two that are the most like injury risk? Gray and Gray, Winker, but, right? Yeah, Gray and Winker. And I think that was a big reason why those were the two that were moved right now because Sonny Gray, every pitch he throws is you know chance of injury risk, and then boom, his value's gone. Whereas, knock on wood, we haven't really seen that with Castillo and Malley, and Winker hasn't played a full season. So I, I think that was the thinking there. Um, I also think, and I haven't really heard anyone talk about this, the qualifying offers going away. Remember, when... Trevor Bauer walked. The Reds got Jay Allen, who I think is their number eight prospect right now. So it's not like he just walked. The Reds right. got a, a substantial back. Now it's not as much as like, like um, Sonny Gray, uh, Sonny Gray, and um, Jason Winker brought back the Reds like third and fourth prospect. And so it's not as good as that, but you're not getting nothing back. Um, so I think that's why those two are the ones that are moved. And now. And now everyone's thinking, goes, well, why aren't you trading Castillo and Mally? Well, do you have to trade them this second? I mean, neither one of them have, knock on wood, shown any injury risk. So they're probably still going to have about the same value at the deadline. When you get to the trade deadline, there aren't free agents to sign. Teams right. are more desperate. There's no alternative. If you are in a race and this is your chance... You know, you're going to make a move. I mean, the Dodgers with, you know, Scherzer at the deadline last year, they gave up a, 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 a good pro, a good prospect, and they had to pay him a lot of money. Just Whereas, to go to the Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of the thinking there. And then while you're at it all here with all this, okay, you now you look at the Reds roster. Okay, it's still not that terrible. So why not add a guy like a Donovan Solano and a Mike Miner? And at least give these guys somewhat of a chance. Maybe it's not a good chance, but you're giving them somewhat of a chance. You're not mortgaging your future. I don't think you're mortgaging your future. No. You're giving them a chance. A guy like Donovan Solano, a guy like Mike Miner, they could potentially be flipped to the deadline. So I kind of see this all as, you know, kind of a, a win-win here um, for the most part. Um, and and overall, I think the Winker trade was fine. Um, I, I know a lot of people hated that return, you know, I, I just I don't think it was a bad return. Um, the gray trade felt weak to me, but again, the injury, I, I just it's gonna how many starts does he make? That's what I feel is gonna determine if that was a good trade or not. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it because I think that you really make good points. And I think that uh when we kind of go through all this, and you know, I think it's so quickly easily be negative, and I get it. Um, you know. I do think losing Jesse Winker sucks, but also like I understand, you know, like we said, the injury point and this and that. And I know a lot of people are like, well, you guys point out that he has flaws. And it's like, we're not saying that in a negative thing to defend the Reds. We're just kind of pointing it out. Like that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I totally like your points. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, maybe they can, you know, Carl said that they're going to look to kind of make some more moves. I don't really know what the market is at this point. Um, the fact that Nick Castellanos doesn't have a market right now really shocks me. Um, but that's not for, you know, that's not to say I think he'll be back here by any means. But, um, you know, at this point, who knows? Yeah, we did get a question on that from Harrison uh, a little bit ago, and I wanted to get to it kind of now at this point. Realistic free agents the Reds could sign. I don't really think Castellanos is one. I think the Reds are yeah. probably looking more of the guys that could have some potential for flipping. You sign Castellanos, you're not going to flip him. You know, when you, it's kind of like, 
players, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but players at at that, they're kind of like a used like a car that you buy and you get drive off the lot. Once you drive them off, like they don't really have a lot of value when you're signing guys to, you know, uh, hundred plus million dollar contracts. So I would say I don't know, maybe a guy like Jorge Soler that you're buying low. Uh, maybe a guy like Tommy Pham who could use like a use it and prove it at a, oh at, a, at, a team, at a team friendly ballpark. Those two guys make a lot of sense to me. And I again, I don't know what the budget is. He said that you take a lot of what Crawl says, you know, with a grain of salt. And like most GMs, they're not going to tell you everything, and they would be stupid to tell you everything because yeah. they're they're overplaying their hand. So I, mean, I think those two guys are are guys that make sense. Anyone to you, Tim? Tommy Pham is makes a ton of sense. I saw Diehard Red said he believes Tommy Pham will be a Red within a week. Um, I hope you're right. I would love the idea. I would love to have Tommy Pham here. Um, I just think he's a good player. And so, yeah, that's those are kind of the names I kind of lean towards too. Um, I'll be transparent. I don't super know what the market is right now. I know Michael Conforto is still out there. So, you know, if you want to try to get some people back in seats, like. I love Conforto, man. Whew. Me too. You you sent Conforto and uh, yeah we're we're having a whole different conversation in the chat right now yeah yeah things really the team really gets interesting uh, really fast yeah I tried to like kind of narrow it down on Spot Track but that's very confusing right now because it still has guys listed as free agents even though they've signed with teams so um, I don't know but yeah I like I like the idea of Tommy Fam I'm all for it yeah. And then um, we'll get to some questions here in a second, but this is, yeah, I just kind of put this together, kind of what I could see maybe the Reds potential lineups being. Again, I mean, you look at the 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 weighted runs created plus, 100 is average. I mean, the only guys that really aren't are Senzel and Barrero, who we're hoping can be better. Now, the Reds don't have a lot of depth behind those guys, so they would need, obviously, a lot of health. And, uh, you know, you need a lot of guys to get through a season, but... Again, you just look at the lineup up and down. It, it's not awful. And the defense is definitely significantly improved um, for whatever that's worth. You know, it, it's worth something. You know, it's hard to quantify exactly how much it's worth, but it, it is definitely worth something. Yeah, I I love the versus right-handed pitching lineup. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, that's good. And Solano definitely helps the left-handed pitching, you know, a lot. How much? I mean, honestly... Reds lineup right now might be, I think it's probably better than it was um, on on Monday morning because Winker didn't hit lefties well at all, and you Suarez. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> and and uh, and and Suarez was awful last year. Although you know, I mean, he been good through his career. I, I was hoping for a resurgence, but um, I mean, obviously Cassianos is a huge, huge loss against left-handed pitching, but. Where it was on Monday, it's honestly probably better. So, um, I guess that's a positive. Yeah, I did see Redson Four commented that they need to make an upgrade over Aquino, and I, I do kind of. I mean, obviously, I agree with that. I know you love Aquino, um, but I don't know if you necessarily trust that he's going to be, you know, the big time bat they need against left-handed pitching by any means. Yeah, and I mean, look, sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, you you pencil in, you know, Fam or something like. Someone's going to get hurt, and then Aquino will be mm-hmm. the next guy in. So, it, even if you say that, it's not, you know, kicking Aquino to the curb. There's no point in kicking Aristides Aquino to the curb right now. If you stuck with him this long and you don't have a whole lot of depth, um, why would you dump him? He's yeah. like costing nothing either right now. 
Yeah, I think also we got to remember, like, we're at this point where we're talking about these guys, and I know it's been rough these past weeks, but we're definitely in a better situation. We're talking about a couple years ago of like, where does Philip Irvin fit in this right on this roster? Like, we're past that at least. Yeah, I don't know. I think I take uh, like 2019 Philip Irvin right now. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but he he fell off quick. I hated that man. I'd really liked. Philip. I know. I liked him a lot. You want to knock out some questions? I'm going to yeah. start start through the top and make sure we haven't missed anything. Uh, <laughs> sign Conforto. Yeah, let's do it. Um, extend Castillo. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd be looking to extend uh, Castillo or Mally right now. Um, I hope that they're you know in on that. That, that sounds really good. Yeah, I did see here Bryce did say Irvin would help the team, so maybe I am way off there. It's- well, I mean, he was it's one in the morning. He had one incredible year against left-handed pitching. So, I mean, sure, if you're getting that, then yeah, absolutely. He was he was incredible in 2019. Yeah. Um, that's why I typically like when if you saw that that graphic that I put up, I always try with platoon splits to at least like do like three years of data for guys that have it because they can really get really fluky over like one year samples. Um, and Phil Phil Irvin 2019 is like the the perfect example because he never came came close to that. Uh, Bryce had an interesting, interesting comment. Good comment here. Um, the big thing about Gray was a 500k difference between him and Gray, and they were traded uh, 36 hours apart. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming Bryce is saying the difference between Gray and Mike Miner. I mean, again, you were trading Gray though. The difference, in my opinion, is you're trading Gray and you're getting back a prospect for him. So you've got you know Chase Petty. So it's not. I wouldn't say gray versus minor. It's pretty clear that the Reds are more focused, and you can hate this, but it's a strategy. Everyone wants a strategy. The Reds are more focused on the future than the present. And there's pros and cons to that strategy. Um, And I do think you can do two things at once to some extent, and I hope that's what the Reds are doing, you know, within a couple years. I hope, like, when you get to, you know, after this hump or whatever we're at right now, I hope you're able to be moving guys and then replacing them and you're replenishing and you're trading from strengths and, you know, trading when the value is highest. But what you're not, you're not trading Sonny Gray when his value is really high and then having to go to Mike Miner. I hope there's, you know, someone right there ready that's, that's, you know, comparable. If that, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Hopefully, Bryce, I made sense. Tim, you got anything else on that one? No, I'm kind of just pick, picking back off what you say in that circumstance. Um, this is one. Yeah. I was at that was the exact one I was gonna click on. Very nice. Mr. Juan, what are your thoughts on Brandon Williamson's ceiling for floor? Um, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a prospect guru, so I'm not gonna pretend. I mean, um, the guys at just baseball, I definitely would highly recommend, you know, what, what they talked about with the the return. Um, I tweeted out a link yesterday or whatever, so just just check my feed for that. Um, but yeah, they were really high on him. Like when I, when I heard them talk about him, I was like, okay, all right, all right, this is good. But I think he's the Reds' number three prospect right now. Um, and the Reds have a pretty decent top 10 prospect list. So him sliding right in there is exciting. Um, I think he was in double A last year. And, uh, I mean, Nick Crawl said he's going to compete for a rotation again. <laughs> Take whatever Crawl says with the great assault. Um, but Another I mean, one of those. He at least has. This isn't a guy that's like, like Chase Petty. That's a hundred years away. I mean, this guy is a guy that could potentially, if things go well, pitch this year. Um, definitely is probably at least looking, you know, at next year at the latest. So, 
Um, yeah, that's encouraging. Oh, I should have just looked at the next comment because <laughs> Evan Evan gave us a great thing. Brandon Williamson uh, could be a great three or solid two in my unadulterated, non-educated, optimistic opinion <laughs> after talking to some inspirational minds. Evan, I love that comment, man. That's awesome. Thank you, Evan. We appreciate it. Evan's Someone's, a good dude. Yeah, I like it. You take this one, Tim. Yeah, I, so they asked if you guys believe Crawl when they say they're not moving Malley or Castillo. I think at the moment I do. Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, where at the moment I feel like the Reds are going into the season game planning on these guys being obviously the top of the rotation. Um, now, you know, if this all goes to shit like a lot of people think it will, and we get to the trade deadline and this is looking really bad, um, yeah, I mean, why could you know why couldn't they move? You mentioned Mike Miner earlier as a potential Dan Straley move, like they made a few years back when they when they got Luis Castillo. So was it Luis Castillo? Or was it? I always get Latos and uh, Straley late, mixed up. Late, Latos late. was Disclafani. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm on the same page. Um, so yeah, at the moment, I believe that we will look at Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley on the roster. But if they're 16, 17 games under 500, the trade deadline, and it's not looking good and they can get some good stuff for them, why not? Yeah, I mean, my guess is they've been fielding offers and no one's paying them what they're worth. And yeah. you can't just trade guys whenever the hell you feel like it. You have to have, yeah, someone, the show. You have, to have someone willing to pay pay for it back. So, um, I mean, I think they've probably been fielding offers like, yeah, no one right now is. Maybe we can get someone that's a little more desperate the deadline. It is not worth giving them up now, um, especially when there may be guys that we could extend. Uh, maybe guys, if we have a uh, our development really, you know, strikes gold this year, and we feel like we're really ready for next year, we can you know add more ramp up and reevaluate. So, um, yeah, I just don't think you have to be in a rush to trade either either two of those guys. Their values, you know, knock on wood, isn't gonna diminish much over the next couple months. Yeah, can I pick the next one after this one? Oh yeah, okay. um, I do like this by the way. I th- Max actually made a really good comment earlier about the Reds are doing things very similar to what the Rays have been doing, where they've been trading guys and they realize they're not going to be able to sign them back and stocking up on guys and kind of just like starting that rotation, which has really worked out for Tampa uh, for a while now. So I actually really like that point he made earlier. Yeah, I'm with that too. And I mean, I think that, you know, if this is how you're going to be spending, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes more sense, you know, to kind of, spend your money on free agents and get value out of the guys that when they start costing more um, and, and and they're close and the qualifying offer really, I think changes the Reds mindset a lot on a lot of these things at the end um, because you're just, you're not getting anything back. Um, yeah. Max's comment here on Goody, um, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think he's a lock to start. Um, I think he probably makes a team. Um, I don't see them sending him down to triple a that would, you know, unless he just really has a disastrous spring, I think I could definitely see him just getting moved to the bullpen. You know, they did that with Tony Santion last year, and it worked out. I think Gutierrez's stuff would play well in the bullpen. Yeah, I did too. I just had to bring this one up real quick because Sydney asked it. Our good friend Sydney, thoughts on having all of the farmers? Because today the Reds announced Buck Farmer to a minor league deal, and also, honestly, honestly, is there a better baseball name than Buck Farmer? <laughs> Not many. That, that's a strong name. That is a strong yeah. name. I just saw that in there and I was like, I gotta, I gotta make mention of Buck Farmer. Yeah, I, I didn't make a slide for Buck. I'm sorry. He's the minor league signing, and it's late, and you know, whatever. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Bryce, AAA rotation going to be better than the Pirates? Hell yeah, it is. Hell you yeah, know I love is. to read anything bad about the Pirates. So <laughs> you keep bringing it, Bryce. Yeah, the Reds and Four kind of added what I was saying. You know, uh, uh, Goody has relief pitcher stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely, I could see him kind of being that, like, you know, two or three inning guy. And I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, the like that, that raised model. I kind of see the Reds maybe uh, doing more of a middle ground between Tampa and San Francisco, what they did last year. Uh, and you know how much, uh, how annoyingly obsessed I am with good platoons. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like the Reds are finding some platoon guys. So, you know, everyone who thinks I'm Nick Crawl's burner. You are called you? it. Uh, I mean, Donovan Solano was signed today, was he not? It's true. It's true. Um, where was the, there was a really good comment on there I saw. Let me find it again real quick. Uh, that's really... Branch Brown made this point, and I think we've talked about this. I know we're kind of talking about the year coming up. Um, I think it's been, you know, we saw him obviously play a lot there this year. And, you know, I think now with the DH, that takes a lot of pressure off his legs, too. So he doesn't have to play every day. Um, I know this kind of goes into what happens with Andrew Knapp um, as far as like the backup catcher role. But I really do think that, you know, and we've seen this throughout baseball. This isn't like the Reds are the first to do it. I mean, Joe Maurer played nothing but first base the rest of his career for after he was battling injuries from catching. And then Buster Posey, you know, split time between catcher and first base for a while. I know that's a name that gives Reds fans nightmares, myself included. I was there, so I'll never get over it. Um, but yeah, I certainly think, you know, obviously whenever, you know, now, you know, we've talked about this designated hitter gives the Reds so many options. And, um, you know, with situations like you can take Joey Votto a day off in the field, he can hit. You can play Tyler Stevenson at first base those days. You know, Mike Moustakis, you can kind of work that situation there as well. As long as we're not doing that thing we had last year where, like, there's, like, talking about Tyler Stevenson playing in the outfield, I'm I'm cool. Like, if it's, like, catch your first base DH, I'm in. Yeah, no outfield. No outfield. Let's no. We don't need no Wilson Contreras garbage going over here. God. Um, yeah, I actually had someone ask me about that the other day. I was kind of looking through Tyler Stevenson. Remember, Tyler Stevenson only caught 60 games last year. Yeah. So, um. It's hard he to see learned him. first base at the major league level. Yeah, it's hard to see him maybe more than doubling that. So I would say probably 120 starts is probably the max. Um, I, I don't think you want to, you know, you know, really go crazy. So I'd probably say he's maybe in like that one, 110, 120 range of 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 starts behind the plate. And this is assuming health all year. And then, um, you know, maybe he gets like you know 30 or 40 between first base and DH and probably a lot of those would just be depending on how he's feeling, how Joey's feeling, how Mike Moustakis is feeling, yeah. um, who who maybe has the worst legs. They're the DH. <laughs> That's probably kind of, I guess, how you'd, you'd look at it. Yeah, I agree. Good question here. You want to read it? Yeah. So Diehard Reds asks, what do you guys make of the lack of market for Castellanos? Do you think there's any chance we sign into a two-year deal with an opt-out after the first year? We kind of touched on this a, se- a few minutes ago. Um, I am really shocked at this point with where we are with spring training starting up and like everything kind of, I know obviously we're in a circumstance where, um, you know, everyone's kind of rushing to get their roster together because of the lockout and the shortened spring training. So I'm sure he's got suitors out there. I know like the Phillies were talked about for a, quite a while there. 
Um, but I am shocked he's not signed, to be honest with you. I thought at this point with everything going on, maybe now that Freeman's gone, he's probably, you know, he's definitely one of the better bats available. Um, as far as the second part of this, I would love nothing more than to come on here, diehard Reds, and say, yes, Nick Castellanos will be a Red. We'll do some kind of one-year prove-it deal. Um, but I, I don't see it. Um, I think with the moves they made, the conversation that came out where Bobby Nightingale mentioned earlier in the week that they haven't even talked to him, um, I I would definitely be shocked if Nick – and then Jose Barrera is already wearing number two. So I feel like we've just about all can, but moved on from that. Yeah, I mean, uh, our, our guy John Heyman actually had a tweet that kind of goes along with this, um, um, that uh, Correa Freeman story – well, I guess Freeman's gone now. Cassianos and Conforto, all of the qualifying offers attached. I know there was some confusion on that, but I guess the qualifying offers are still in play. Um, so, I mean, I, that's, I think, a reason um, that his market is, has dwindled. Someone has to give up a, a quality draft pick for them, and you know, you kind of see how valuable those are um, with, with kind of what I was saying earlier. And then, I mean, he's not a good defensive player, and um, he doesn't want to DH. So, that probably limits his market a little bit. I don't know. I, it's hard to see him coming back to the Reds just because I, I, I just don't see them looking for, um, you know, like a five, six year deal at this point for really anyone. Um, and it's hard to see him accepting some short term deal when he just turned down like 19 million for one year from the Reds. Like that would kind of be like, going back on what you just declined. I don't, I don't know. I mean that, uh, so I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, I'd love it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Let's, I would love let's, to see let's go bring it on, but I don't, I, more I just, episodes with Ryan. Love it. Yeah. Hmm, I like this one here. We kind of, she's kind of, could you see the Reds getting a full fledged catching prospect? One of the upcoming deals to move Stevens in the first base. Yes. But after JV has gone, I'll I'll uh, I'll take the dissent on that. Um, I don't think the Reds are going to uh, move Stevenson from um, a primary catcher role unless they have to, um, just because it it diminishes his value. Um, yeah, I sure. don't know. I I think they're going to want to get the max value. I I only think they're going to you know move him if if he absolutely has to. And there's nothing that to this point to me, you know, screams that they would have to. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Evan asked, you know, I don't think any of these moves uh, do anything to negatively impact any sort of aspiration the Reds have for next year or the year after. These moves really don't change my opinion that 2024 is the year. I mean, yeah, I definitely think that's the direction they're going in. And yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think they've done anything that, that hurts 2024 if that's the goal, you know, to this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't really see it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Hmm. All right. And then is there any other ones we want to touch on before we get to our last topics? There's so many. We definitely are so grateful. We, If we could answer them all, we would. Yeah. Sorry. I tried to keep up. If Carlos would have came on here, I could have. Uh, and he, he could have yapped a little bit. I probably could have. Uh, Jim, no, I like Jorge Soler. I, I, I don't know if Clay's still watching, but Clay doesn't. Um, I like him. I think he's a, a good uh, a potential, you know, you could buy maybe a little bit lower than, than maybe his, his ceiling is worth and, you know, it could be just a guy you flip or, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I think it, and then, yeah, I mean, Evan mentioned McLean. He's kind of the forgotten guy. Yeah, he is. Um, 
I mean, I that that is that's, that's a great point by Evan. That's definitely a guy I want to watch this this spring, um, and, and see kind of where he's at. It'd be awesome if he just made the team. I mean, full Jonathan India style. Yeah, that 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 kind of changes things, you know, where he's kind of a guy that you could, you know, we, we, what we've heard is he could kind of be plugged in anywhere. So yeah, McLean's close. McLean is I, close. Yeah, I saw. Um, he mentioned earlier that he watched some clips of his swing, and I, I've I've done the same thing, and I'm pretty impressed with it. Yeah, he's got some quick hands. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what? Reds and four. LOL. Yeah, that's where we're at. You know, I'm I'm kind of at the point here where you know, look, there were some things done I didn't love. I wish the Reds would have spent more and gone. I hate punting on a 25 percent playoff odds, but look, it is what it is. I'm not gonna sit here and bitch and complain about it all year. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to talk about the players we got. I'm ready to talk about 2024. I'm ready to talk about 2056 if I'm still alive. And Buck Farmer, Buck Farmer, let's go, let's go. You want to close, right. close talking yeah, about the spring? It is. So we do have the spring training schedule, and as you see here on the left. Uh, Dick just had an interview with Chris Welsh where he didn't know just quite yet what that was going to look like. Um, so we do now know what the broadcast schedule will look like for the Reds uh, for during spring training. So we can see some Max McLean op- uh, games, which I'm pretty excited for. And then you see there um, also that we've got some situation. We've got a couple more games to be excited about. Farm those bucks. I'm all for that. Nick Lodola, Nick Lodola, Nick Lodola. There you go, Evan. Um, I'm sorry, Friday, you guys will have to hear the uh, the Cleveland broadcast. They're not terrible, but they're not, it's not John Sadek. It's not the goat. It's not the, yeah. you know, if there's a, Hey, you know what? If there's any reason to watch Reds baseball all year. It, it, I don't think the Reds are going to be terrible and be, you know, a 90 loss team, but if they are, John Sadak. John Sadak's going to be elite at that. He is going to handle that like the champ that he is. He's going to make it interesting. Uh, it's not going to be cranky pants up there in the booth, uh, 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 being all upset, you know, every night about things that he doesn't even know. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I think I think we got John on on a Sunday. I think he's doing the Sunday game. If I'm reading this right, well, I'm assuming it's it's Red's broadcast. I mean, I assume it could be Jim Day. Actually, probably is Jim Day because John's still in the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, Maybe he's going true. out there on Wednesday. I don't know. We'll see. I just I, I can't wait to watch John again. He's he's, now. Our, he's our, our guy. Pal. He's our, our guy. friend, two time guest of the pod. Our friend does our intro. Yeah, team John, team John for life. Yeah. Ooh, Jim, could Matt McClain be the next Dustin Pedroia? You certainly hope so. You certainly hope so. Next, Chris Taylor. I'll take that too. Ben Zobris, let's really go big. Yeah, that's Nick Senzel. <laughs> it, it's twelve fifty-two. I'm allowed to curse. Yeah, exactly. It's only time, only time. I, I honestly, I have no idea why any of you are watching this at this hour, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, we kind of just threw this together last minute because we saw the trade. Um, now, barring if anything happens in the next two days. We will not be doing an emergency show because no. it's 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 the fa- it's our favorite time of the year before opening day, of course. Uh, I yeah. made a first four exception, but uh, but yeah, maybe we can get Carlos on here solo. That <laughs> that would be that'd be awesome. 
honestly. Actually, yeah. I mean, that would be uh, our highest rated show. There's no question about it. Yeah. And then we'll we'll close out with this nice comment from Bryce for you. Bryce, we stand you, man. Thanks for your support. Yeah. And being like a regular guest on the show when I'm not around, that's always nice too. It's always appreciated. But, no. Nope. No, probably not. <laughs> but I guess we can go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, this has been really awesome that we put this together. Uh, really last minute. You guys still hung out through super late times. Um, we love doing this, obviously. Um, we definitely appreciate everything. You guys have been awesome as we've done two episodes this week. That's not common for us. So uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hey, if you're a first timer and you haven't done it yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Go to Spotify. Leave us a five-star review if you prefer. Um, whatever you guys want to, you know, any way you guys can get, get show some love for us and some support, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back early next week. On behalf of Dick, hopefully Carlos is back. We're out. Go to Bet Online and make some money. Go Reds. listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.